William Lloyd Garrison said about rebuking people, little boldness is needed to assail the opinions and practices of notoriously wicked men. But to rebuke great and good men for their conduct and to impeach their discernment is the highest effort of moral courage. In today's episode, we're talking about rebuking other people. You're listening to the Leadership Lessons Podcast, hosted by Pastor Daniel Williams, a podcast to encourage and equip church leaders. Brought to you by eeleaders.com. Well, hey everyone, glad you joined us once again today to learn another leadership lesson principle from the book of Nehemiah. And we find ourselves in chapter five of Nehemiah, where really people are messing up. People were taking advantage of the situation. There was a famine going on. They were charging interest. And now they're uh, actually displeasing the Lord, walking in sin, charging interest, taking advantage and abusing people. And so Nehemiah is getting angry. He's getting mad. Verse six tells us of this chapter that he rebukes the people. He rebukes the people and he tells them to stop sinning and to fear the Lord their God. In verse 9 of chapter 5, it says this, So I said, The thing that you are doing is not good. Ought you not to walk in the fear of God to prevent the taunts of the nations of our enemies? And this was good leadership. He was rebuking the people to give them a course correction to follow God. And this actually needs to take place in all of our leadership. We need to give course corrections to help people to actually give constructive criticism so that way they can actually be blessed by following the Lord. Now we defined this last episode, but I want to dive a little bit deeper into what a rebuke is and encourage us to actually practice rebuking other people. This takes a lot of boldness. It takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of faith to trust the Lord and to be able to speak truth in love. Rebuke means this, and express sharp disapproval or criticism of someone because of their behavior or action. Again, it's the express sharp disapproval or criticism of someone because of their behavior or action. So last week, I asked you this question, sort of wanted you to ponder on this. Do you have someone in your life that can express disapproval of you, that can criticize you, that can actually help you with your behavior and your actions because great leaders are first great followers. Listen, we all mess up at times and we need people to help us uh, in this way. We need to be humble enough to ask for help and this includes submitting to authority, authority in God's word and to who God is and what he said, but also authority in submitting to other people. And so, There will be times in our leadership that we mess up, that we need God uh, to basically uh, help us be corrected. Um, Man, we fight the flesh. It's a constant battle. And so it's a blessing to have people in uh, our lives to help with our blind spots and to come alongside of us and rebuke us. Now, this week, I want to ask you this question from this chapter. Will you be bold enough now to rebuke others. Uh, Hopefully you're walking in humility. You have other people that you're submitted to and you can see actually the blessing of being rebuked or being uh, helped to see our flaws and our sin. But will you be that person? Uh, Will you be the leader that confronts people as they sin and point them in the right direction to the Lord, just like Nehemiah did in chapter D.A. Carson said this, if it is hard to accept a rebuke, even a private one, it is harder still to administer one in loving humility. I don't think people realize how hard it is to actually do this in their leadership, to rebuke in a loving way. I wish it wasn't a part of leading, but it is. Rebuking people is a part of Christianity. 
First Peter chapter four, verse 17, he says, for it is time for the judgment to begin at the household of God. We are to give loving accountability to one another um, and to serve one another in this way. Uh, Colossians 3.16 says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom. And it's going to take wisdom on our parts, discernment, humility, and love to be able to rebuke people and to actually have uh, courage to do this right and well in a loving way that represents Christ and corrects people and points them to him and not just our preferences or what we think is right or wrong. Uh, It's our role and responsibility to serve other people in this way. As people follow us, we're going to have to rebuke them, to express a sharp disapproval or criticism of someone because of their behavior or action. But listen to what James 5, 19 and 20 says about uh, rebuking and bringing someone back to the right path. My brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone brings him back, let him now know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. Let us remember that as we rebuke people and bring them back to the Lord, it's a good thing. It's an amazing thing to be able to do, to be able to have the privilege to uh, help people that are wandering from the truth and walking away from the Lord and having uh, sinful behaviors to say, hey, this is the truth. And we want to do this in love. Uh, We don't want um, people to walk in the flesh and sin because it leads to death and corruption. But when they walk in the spirit, right, as we're walking in the spirit, we've seen the fruit of it. We've Uh, can testify and bear witness to God's goodness that there's fruit of the spirit. There's peace, joy, gentleness, love, patience, self-control, these things that come when you're walking in obedience with God. And that's what we want for everyone that follows us. Uh, As Paul said to others, follow me as I follow Christ. We want to be walking in humility and love and fellowship with God, fearing him. And we want other people to follow um, our example. But even when people are clearly sinning, it's still hard, and we still need to have boldness to correct others. I, I don't know. It doesn't get easier uh, the longer you live. It just continues to, to, to be a difficult thing. And I know for some of us, it's even more difficult because we, uh, some of us hate confrontation more than others. Um, but as I was studying this topic, I came across this opening quote uh, from a guy I never really heard of, but I just liked the quote and I was like, okay, who is this guy? It's by William Lloyd Garrison about rebuking people. I said it in the opening um, introduction, but let me reread it again a little slower so we can get this concept. It says, little boldness is needed to assail the opinions and practices of notorious notoriously wicked men. It's meaning it's not really that hard to just take a stance for all people that are always doing stuff wrong, evil, bad. Uh, You see their fruit. Um, It's just, okay, black and white, that, that could be done. But he says, but to rebuke great and good men for their conduct and to impeach their discernment is the, is the highest effort of moral courage. It's hard when, when people are good. They are following you. They are a part of your team and servants and they're good and they have great conduct, but then they fall off. It takes a lot of courage because you can be afraid. What if I rebuke someone and they don't listen? They, they're not humble and they take it and they get offended by uh, what I say. That is a part of leadership. Now, I, I love this quote because not of just what this quote means and says, but because the person saying it, William Lloyd Garrison, I did a little Wikipedia search, and he was actually a liberator in 1831 through 
1865, and he helped lead the successful uh, campaign um, against slavery to abolish it in the United States. Um, he knew a thing or two about rebuking and correcting people in society, didn't he? Uh, he was going against the grain and he was telling these people with great boldness and courage, Hey, this is not the way, this is not the way, this is, this is where we should move. This is where we should go. And it required him to have great boldness to rebuke people. And I think that as we look back on people in history, we actually appreciate, uh, people that speak truth and stand for justice and righteousness and do it in a way of love. We can actually appreciate rebuking, but in the moment, in the moment, it's really hard. It's hard for us to receive it. It's hard for us to give it. Um, and so, uh, you know, I think one person, another person that sort of stands out in history for rebuking other people or society or institution would be uh, Martin Luther, right? The leader of the Great Reformation, or maybe not a leader, but a catalyst of that. Uh, he warned us that God's people would need to ha- be corrected and need to repent. And if you remember the 95 Thesis, he stapled to that door to cause this reformation and the catalyst of it. In the first thesis, it reads, when our Lord and Master Jesus Christ said repent he intended that our entire life of believers should be repentance and so we are constantly needing to turn to jesus for hope we live a life of repentance repentance should be something we as believers should be walking in daily and we need to understand that we all have blind spots even good and great godly men and women people in our team people that we love we have blind spots and not just them you and i We have blind spots. We, all people. And so we need people to come alongside of us to help us. And the surprising thing is they do this sometimes through rebuking us. God wants us, though, to lead in this way and to be a leader that actually can rebuke others in love and help people in this way. Proverbs 27, 5 through 6 says, Better is an open rebuke than hidden love. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. And profuse are the kisses of an enemy. Rebuking people and correcting them is never easy or fun, but it is something I believe that God has called us as leaders to do, and we need to lead in this hard responsibility. And so, as we take on this responsibility, I believe that we will gain great fruit for our actions. Proverbs 28, 23 says, Whoever rebukes a man will afterwards find more favor with him than he who flatters his own tongue or his his tongue. And so, um, man, we shouldn't be just giving encouragement and flattery um, with our tongue, but we should actually give people truth. And sometimes truth hurts and it's just something we need to do. And so uh, let me give you one practical thing where I see Nehemiah do to help him do this, uh, because you may ask yourself, well, how, how do I do this in a loving way, an effective way? I think Nehemiah shows us a simple way here in this chapter, uh, and it's a principle that we all know, but he practiced what he preached. He practiced what he preached. In verse 9, it says, ought you not to walk in the fear of God? He asked them this because he lived for this. He lived for the fear of God, for the for the worship of God, for the reverence of God. You see, at this point in the book of Nehemiah, he actually was not only a great leader, rallying people to build a wall, but he was a governor. People were submitting to his authority and saw his character and God elevated him in a position of authority. And he was a generous leader and he didn't use uh, his authority to abuse others, but rather he used it to serve others. Now, verse 14 and 15 of this chapter, it says, neither I nor my brothers ate the food allowance of the governor. The former governors who were before me laid heavy burdens on the people and took from them for their daily rations, 40 shekels of silver. 
Even their servants lorded over the people, but I did not do so because of the fear of God. Nehemiah acted based off of his relationship with God. And in this text, we see why he didn't abuse the people because he feared the Lord. He said other people did it, but not me. I actually walked with the Lord and he led by example. Nehemiah just didn't tell the people to fear the Lord. He lived this out. And so he had a moral authority. He had an example to give them. He could bear witness to the fruit of following God. And I think this is so important when we rebuke someone that we have this moral authority that we have been walking in the fear of the lord that we are of course not correcting them not just based off of a scripture verse but actually saying i have applied this i'm blessed by this this is a blessing to you because then it shows we care then it shows it's a loving thing he could um personally testify encourage others to do this because he knew the benefits of walking with god and i think for us it gives us confidence in rebuking people saying you know what don't live in sexual morality because i'm sexually pure and I've seen the benefits or serve uh, others or be generous because man, it just blessed me so much. Um, We can course correct and help people in their situation if we first are living out that truth and showing them and leading by example. And when we practice what we preach, we don't talk down to people, but rather the rebuke actually then lifts them up and encourages them to follow you and to lead them in a better way of life. And that's really what we want. We don't want to be harsh and just rebuke people and win arguments because we're right and they're wrong. We want to see uh, them blessed. We want to see people following us blessed and walking in the ways of God. And that's how people are blessed that when they walk in God's word and apply it to their lives. Paul said in Philippians 4, 9, what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. It's like he's giving this, this word picture. Hey, you've seen my example. He says, practice these things and the peace of God will be with you. He showed them clearly the benefits of walking with God. And I think that's what as leaders we need to do. Sometimes Our presence can just actually be a rebuke for people Uh, when we don't laugh at that joke, when we uh, pick up trash and when when people are looking, uh, when we arrive early and stay late, our example actually can give course corrections where we don't even need to specifically have a sit down meeting, but just be with people. And in fact, scripture tells followers um, for for them to look at a leader's life and to follow that example. Hebrews 13, 7 says, remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God, consider the outcome of their, their way of life and imitate their faith. Now, yes, we are to preach and to speak the truth in God's word. Amonish, uh, have the scripture um, in our hearts so much, Colossians says, admonish one another in these things. However, we don't just speak with our words. We don't just speak with our words. We speak with our lives. And so uh, this verse in Hebrew says, consider their outcome and way of life and imitate their faith. Uh, not only consider what they you hear, but what you see. Leading by example helps soften the blow when we rebuke other people because they will know that we are living out this truth and can actually see the benefit of living it out uh, as well in our lives. So remember Peter's exhortation to the elders in 1 Peter 5, 3, to not be domineering over those you are in charge. Charge, but to be examples to the flock. It's a great way to rebuke people, to literally 
live a life of repentance and being first submissive to God's word for yourself and have other people rebuke you. And so it gives it can give you great confidence in rebuking people because it is a responsibility of us as leaders. God not only wants us to rebuke others, but for us to walk in humility and to have people rebuke us so that way we can be walking in righteousness and be followers as well. And so Nehemiah uh, was one that feared the Lord and it helped him conquer the fear of man. Uh, And so he approached these people and he rebuked others. Uh, Warren Wiersbe said this, the fear of the Lord means to seek the glory, uh, to seek uh, to glorify God in everything that you do. Nehemiah was trying to do this and just telling others to do the same. As Paul would remind us, follow me as I follow Christ. When we are living for Jesus, we aren't talking down to people, but rather we're encouraging them to repent as we are repenting. We can be like David and testify personally of the great benefits of walking with God. Psalm 40 verse 4 says, Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust, who does not turn to the proud, to those who go astray after a lie. And there is great power and strength when we are also living a godly life. Uh, this is why it's a part of godly leadership, right? Character. First Timothy chapter 3, or Titus. Um, we will need a lot of love and humility to correct people. But know as we rebuke people, from the depths of who we are and wanting to please Jesus, it helps us and it helps them. John Stott said this, the authority by which the Christian leader leads is not power, but love, not force, but example, not cohesion, but reason, reason to persuasion. Leaders have power, but power is safe only in the hands of those who humble themselves to serve. And as Peter said in that verse, we serve by not being domineering with those that we're in charge of, but being examples and being loving. And that's when we rebuke people our best and give them course correction because we want the best for them. And, um, man, it's, it's a hard thing, but it's a, it's a life giving thing that we need to learn this practice and implement it in our leadership. And so, uh, man, as you are leading and following Jesus for yourself, submitting to authority for yourself, um, it helps you lead others specifically to correct and to rebuke them. And here's a great thing. When this is done well, uh, because I know it's not done well a lot, but when this is done well and when you practice this and and learn to pray and be dependent on the Spirit for the words that you need to love people, um, here's a great thing. When you point people to God, they'll be blessed. In Nehemiah chapter 5, verse 13, after he rebuked the people, it says, And all the assembly said, Amen, I agree with the truth that you shared, Nehemiah. And they praised the Lord. And the people did as they had promised. Uh, Nehemiah rebuked the people, and it was a hard thing to do. You're going to rebuke people, and it's a hard thing to do. But as people see their sin and the Holy Spirit convicts and they repent, the end result is them praising the Lord. Uh, It says the assembled said, Amen, and they praised the Lord. And this is what we want. We want people, as as we're leading them, uh, to follow God, to fear Him, and to praise Him. And so that's why we need to bring in the Word of God with truth and with grace, giving it lovingly, following it for ourselves, and pointing people and letting the Word of God pierce their hearts. Not 
people just to follow our ways or our preferences, but we rebuke people of sin because it blesses their lives to follow Jesus and encourage people to walk in the wisdom and ways of God. And as we're living uh, our lives for the Lord, we can testify to this as well as we rebuke other people. And say, so may you uh, rebuke, may you uh, sharply disprove or give criticism or correct uh, those that are following you when they wander from God's word and truth and fall into sin. Uh, know that God wants to use you to bless them and to serve them by speaking truth in love. Join us for a conversation with Pastor Daniel and his dad, Pastor Joe Williams, as they share a pastoral perspective on the book of Nehemiah. Well, we're talking about rebuking people, and I don't think anyone enjoys rebuking others and correcting others. Rebuke really means an express, sharp disapproval or criticism of someone because of their behavior or actions. And ultimately, God has called many leaders to rebuke people, to correct them, to love them in this way. Uh, Joe, how important is rebuking people as a leader and actually loving people in this way? Well, you want to lovingly rebuke people, but you have to do it sometime because, uh, you know, you have people come in with all kinds of doctrines and they want to spread it throughout the fellowship and they want to teach, um, you know, false doctrine in your church. You have to approach those people and let them know and love that this is not accepted here in our church and you can't be doing that. You can't be going around telling people um, uh, false doctrine. So you have to approach those people and tell them, and you know, usually those kind of people cause division in, within the fellowship. Uh, you know, if, let's say, for example, a person that's gossiping, you have to rebuke that person in love and say, hey, you know, uh, you're showing you discord among the brethren, and the Bible said we shouldn't be doing that. So, I mean, you haven't got to be angry about it. You, you try to lovingly do it as, as lovingly and as gentle as you can, uh, but you have to do it sometime because it's necessary, and sometimes people have to be approached. Otherwise, it could, it could split your whole church. It could split it. How have you seen um, things divide the church or your team if you're passive and don't rebuke people? Has there been a time when maybe you saw something and you you should have done it sooner than later? Yeah, I've done that. I've, I mean, if you let it go, it's just only going to get worse. You know, sometimes we try to ignore things like that. You see things in the fellowship that you should correct because you hope if you wait long enough, it'll go away. But usually it won't go away. Um, it will get worse. And, you know, usually... Um, it doesn't go over that well. Sometimes people, most of the time, people won't receive it. And sometimes they get defensive. And sometimes they leave. But, hey, you know, you as a shepherd, um, sometimes you have to do that. I don't think anyone enjoys it. And no one wants to see people leave. But you just can't let anything go because it's only going to get worse and worse and worse. So if you see something like that, you're going to have to, you know, correct it in love. So help us to see this. Have you ever seen 
correction or rebuke to help people? Because I think a lot of people, especially timid leaders, are afraid to correct and exhort and rebuke because they they don't want to criticize. But the reality is, is in the reason why we rebuke is because we're trying to love people. So many people don't take a rebuke very well. But have you seen people really grow and take the correction and go on the right path and, and heed your counsel? Yes, I've had a few. I've had some people who they will take to heart what you say and they will um, they will stop. You know, they will just stop what they're doing and they'll receive it and they won't get offended. And they'll just, you know, obey your leadership and correct what they're doing and everything's good. You know, it depends on the person you talk to. Other people, they won't, you know. Um, regardless of that, uh you never know how people are going to respond, really, until you do it. But you have to, I think you have to watch your words. You know, if you come in anger, if you come, you know, unlovingly, it's going to set them off and it's going to get worse. So you want to choose your words, try to be as loving as possible, but you have to be as firm as possible also. So what do you do if you come, not in anger, but in love, and people don't receive your exhortation and rebuke. What do you do when you see, when someone says, oh, thank you for the advice, but then they just keep on doing whatever they're supposed to not be doing? Well, then that way, that's where it gets ugly right there. Um, you have to go back to them again and say, hey, you know, you know, I warned you not to do that and you're still doing it. So if you're still doing that, and you saw in false teaching, or you saw in discord, a division, uh, I'm gonna have to ask you to find another church because those things are not accepted in our fellowship. God blesses unity, so you are sowing disunity. And usually people will leave. Now, I don't think a lot of churches or people talk about it, but church discipline, especially for pastors, is a real and big thing. When, uh, if ever, have you done church discipline and seen that um, either work or not work, but had to actually take the boldness and courage to get up and correct someone and they disobey and then tell the church and all that different stuff? Like, is there times when that is necessary? Yeah, that's that's another ugly situation. When you church discipline in America, they say only 10 percent of the churches really practice church discipline anymore because they're afraid of a lawsuit. Uh, but in my church, I've had to do it a few times and, uh, you know, had to tell it to the church, you know. Uh, you know, people left. It got real ugly. Um, you know, it was... That's why most people don't do it. Most pastors don't do it because usually when you do church discipline, People think that you're trying to judge them. They think you're trying to condemn them. Only You're only trying to correct them and get them to repent. But usually when a person is in sin, their heart gets hard and they don't want to receive your counsel. But, you know, we have people come to our church sometime and they're living together. And they don't, you know, they don't see anything wrong with it. Um, you know, sometimes they new believers and I correct them and sometimes they receive it. I give a marriage counseling, marriage counseling, and usually they end up getting married 
and staying in the church. Other people, they want to live together and they want to still come to the church. And I said, you guys are living in sin. You guys shouldn't be doing that. And sometimes they'll leave and just find another church. And uh, I think I'm responsible for what I, what I approve and what I disapprove in the church because, you know, you are the shepherd. So God is using, God is going to hold you accountable um, to do what is right, to do the right thing and try to keep your church as pure as possible. Why is it a good thing and important to be a good example um, when rebuking people? Because you know that passage says, before you judge other people, you better take that, <laughs> that log out of your own eye. And if you start rebuking people, they're going to say, well, what about you? What about your life? And are you doing this? How important is our character uh, and us walking in holiness and righteousness uh, when it comes to rebuking people? Yeah, you want to be the best example you can. You know, None of us are perfect, you know. Um, I never had anybody tell me that before, you know, what about your life and all of that. But you, usually when I approach people and I rebuke people in love, usually people, if they have the right heart, they will receive it. If they don't, they're going to get defensive. Um, some get angry. You know, some people, you know, say they want all their money back they gave to the church. I've had people say that. Well, we don't like this church anymore. Everything we gave, give us our money back. Well, I said no, because you gave the money to the Lord when you gave. Go ask the Lord to give it back to you. That's what I tell them. But, you know, people say things, but you still got to do what you got to do. You know, I wish I wish everybody would be your friend you know, in ministry. Um, but everybody's not going to be your friend. Everybody's not going to like you. Everybody's not going to like your personality. Everybody didn't like Jesus. Um, so that's, that's part of the call. You know, situations come up. You, you have to, you have to um, address it. I had a person in my church, he was just talking out during the service. He's just talking a regular conversation. You know, we try, I'm trying to teach, and he's just talking to somebody, you know. And after the service, I had to gently tell him, says, hey, you know, I find that very distracting uh, by you talking, and I'm trying to teach. Could you not do that, please? If you want to talk, could you do it before the service or after the service, but not during the service? You know, so he took it and, you know, okay, I'm sorry, I'm going to do that. And he, he took it, you know, he received it. And he didn't do it anymore. So I thought that was great. It just depends on who you talk to. Some people, you know, they think they're always right and they're not going to receive what you say. But whether they receive it or whether they don't, you still got to do what you have to do because you are the leader, you are the shepherd. And certain things has to be addressed. Uh, if, you, if you don't address those things, it's going to spread. A little leaven, leaven the whole lump, right? It's going to spread. That's why a gossiper got to be stopped. He can't be going from person to person to person gossiping because that's very damaging to a fellowship. Well, let me ask you this question because I think we all want to know with your experience, will rebuking other people ever get easier <laughs> as a leader? It, 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 it's never easy. Uh, you know, Paul told Timothy to reprove and rebuke with all long suffering. 
He told him to rebuke. There's a time for it. Um, a, a strong leader knows when and a strong leader knows how, but it's never easy because you never know how a person is going to respond. Sometimes they get mad. They get angry, you know. Sometimes they say, well, you can't judge me. Who are you to judge me? You know, you tell them, you know, it's not me judging you. It's the word that's judging you. It's not me. But, you know, you know, I've had people come in. They, they want to do their drugs. They come in. They have a severe uh, drinking problem. They come in. They come, they come in with severe, um, some hooked on pornography and stuff like that. And, you know, I tell them, you know, and some, sometimes they receive it. Sometimes they don't. Uh, but you're not responsible, you know, wh whether they receive it or whether they don't. You still have to do what you have to do. You can't worry about who's leaving or who's going to stay. You just never know. I mean, people can walk anytime they want, really. They do not have to come to your church. They can go to any church. But I think church has to have, they have to have guidelines. People have to know that is not acceptable here. What are you doing? Lastly, how important is it to rebuke people and accompany that with prayer? Because we understand that uh, we rage, we wrestle against not flesh and blood, but spiritual things. And sometimes there are strongholds and all this different stuff happening. How important have you seen prayer in rebuking people and praying for people before, during, and after you rebuke people? Yeah, I always pray before I rebuke people. Uh, you know, before I approach that person, I always pray first that God would, you know, give me the words to say that I don't come across like I'm any better than they are or I don't want to come across harsh. But I, I still do it. And, and most of the time people will, I've had people even thank me for it, believe it or not. And I've had other people who almost, you know, say things, you know, and it just sets them off. It's, they get angry. But, you know, uh, you have to stand before God as, as a shepherd and try to keep the church. You, people have to know guidelines. Sometimes, sometimes people don't know. I've had people come to my church and they told me, hey, me, me and my girlfriend, man, we, we, we living together in this. And, man, oh, man, this, they don't see anything wrong with it at all. Sometimes they, uh, they're new believers, but they don't know. And sometimes you got to tell them, say, hey, you know, the Bible's say that's sin, man. You can't do that. You know, if you guys want to get married, let's go to have some marriage counseling. I counsel you guys and you guys can get married, but you guys can't can be coming here living together. You know, so it's a very hard thing, thing that is necessary. Uh, people have to know there's certain things that are acceptable in your church and there's other things that are not. You know, Jesus rebuked the Pharisees, the scribes, you know. You know, he called them hypocrites, dead men's bones, you know, because uh, he saw their hearts, they were saying things with their mouth, but their hearts was far away from him. So don't be afraid to do it. Uh, it's, not, it's not a good thing to do. No one enjoys it, but it's a necessary thing to do. If God is going to bless your church, there are certain things that you, could just, you just cannot allow to happen. Thank you for joining us for today's Leadership Lessons podcast. 
For more content, you can visit eeleaders.com and follow us on social media at eeleaders.